not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris, and with me as always is my variant Black Widow, some sort of alternative version of myself, Sam, my co-host. And we are back after a prolonged hiatus, but we are back. It has been a hot minute. Like, I have done a really bad job of keeping this going, where when (laughs) I had a break, you were doing really well, and I've done absolutely terribly... But you- it's understandable. <laughs> uh, so I went away for two weeks, which I think is the longest break that we've had. And you've had like big life events happening. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it on here, but I understand why you were like why your mind was on other things. Yeah, it's been a it's been busy. It's been busy. I mean, obviously, people know that I've already like got a house and stuff, so it's been doing a lot of mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, it's just been a big, you know, big life events and stuff, mate. It's just been yeah. uh, my oh, tooth broke. You know, oh, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big life event. Some would say a broken tooth. But when you said a hot minute, you could not be any more accurate. We were in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah, this heat wave was meant to be when I was on holiday, but it just got pushed back because the weather is unpredictable. Um, yeah. So now we're just sat at home sweating instead. Global warming, everybody. <laughs> That yeah. is that it is real, <laughs> and it is it's hot, hot. It's a hot topic. Get get real climate change. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, you know what else is a hot topic, Chris? <laughs> everything that What's we've that? been everything that we've been watching over like the last couple oh. of weeks because we've watched two big things. Because this week we're talking about the Loki's finale, and then we're also going to chat a little bit about Black Widow that we went to the cinema to go. Well, we, yes, yes, you heard me right. We went to the cinema. To watch it we went we went back to the cinema okay and i've been watching like a load of other stuff as well because i was on holiday i just had time to watch whatever the fuck i wanted yeah so do you want to go first and just talk about what you've been watching uh yeah uh what have i been watching it's a really good uh, i mean other than loki i've been trying to get into the bad batch again i've still not finished it and i think like it's last episode came out maybe like last week um yeah yeah i don't know i just i think i said to you that i just wasn't feeling it as much as what i was feeling with clone wars and i don't know whether that's because there's a lot of a lot of new characters and you've not got that same kind you, you've not got that world building that you have in the clone wars that's filling all the gaps between everything that happened in the films that you're really passionate about um, yeah i think it was i think it was like a lot of people trying to get on board with rebel season one yeah um because that i felt like that struggled a little bit uh, compared to once it got to season two and three, and a lot more people jumped on because it it was a bit more established by then. Yeah, that's it. It's just like I just I don't know. I think maybe it's even not. I mean, obviously, I know Mandalorian brought in like a lot of characters. We've spoken about that before. You had Luke Skywalker, you have Boba Fett, but then Bad Batch does a job of like trying to bring in like Fennec Shand, and it's just like. That Fennec Shand is such a new character at the moment that it doesn't really land. It doesn't really do anything for me yet. Right. It's like I don't know. I haven't. I haven't gone back to it yet. But I think after episode three was like so slow, I kind of like wasn't enticed to go back. I will. But yeah, it felt like a weird sort of area, like. The Mandalorian had its own vibe, and it was live action, and it was it was completely different. Whereas this feels like Clone Wars light 
so if it's not meeting the expectation then it feels like a letdown whereas mandalorian had no expectations yeah clone wars light's probably a good way of uh i mean don't get me wrong it's not bad it's star wars but it is like it just doesn't hit the same and I think is it maybe because you're watching Marvel shows all the time? I think it's because Marvel shows have been really good as well recently. I think yeah. you know we had what we had we had Black Widow. No, oh my God, no, that was a film. One division. We had one division. Then we went straight into Mandalorian. Did we have Mandalorian season two after one division? No, no, we had Mandalorian season two last year. Then we had Black Widow. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm saying it now. Then we had one division in February. Yeah. Then we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Loki, Black Widow. It's been relentless. Like I don't know whether I'm just because I'm so invested in the Marvel stuff at the moment. I'm just not feeling the same thing with like the Bad Batch and stuff. But there's parts of the Bad Batch that are really cool. And but mm-hmm. when the trailer dropped, I was really excited because I was like, it reminds me of like the final season of Clone Wars, but for the entire thing. But I don't yeah. know. I think maybe just because Clone Wars had the nostalgia to it, and you have dedicated like time to it, and obviously it's Obi Wan, Anakin, Darth Maul. So you know, characters yeah. that you've got. Yeah, I don't know. Basically, it's just not doing it the for thing- me. What I think as well, because you mentioned that, most of the footage that we really liked the look of was all from episode one. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was all the old Because uh, I don't think they had finished the season yeah. entirely, so... Maybe it's just because it's know. been a bit overdone now. Like, I think maybe it's just been a bit... Maybe I've got a bit of Clone Wars fatigue. It's possible as well, because you had recently just, like, binged a load of it or rewatched bits and stuff, so... Mm. it. It was only a year's gap between Clone Wars ending the way that it did and then the Bad Batch. Yeah, uh, I watched Cruella. Okay, that was uh, that was good. That was fine. Uh, it was better. Fine. It, it was uh, better than what the trailers made it out to be. Put it that way. Okay. Because um, we had the trailer that basically made it look like Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Then we had a trailer that kind of made it made it a bit more sense. But then the film's like a bit of amalgamation of the two. So okay. yeah, it's not bad. It's alright. It's a good watch. It's uh it's fun. I've heard I've heard a lot of people that have been to see it with families and with like teenage daughters and stuff there enjoying it. So There's a couple of cute dogs, you know. <laughs> That's it. Uh well anything else? What else have I watched? Uh, I don't think there's really anything else worth of note. I've just started watching the heist series on Netflix. That's quite good. It's like a couple of short stories, two episodes. Uh, The style of it's quite good because they do this thing where it's like a a docuseries where it's dramatized as well. Uh, But, you know, you obviously have the talking head stuff, um, Mm -hmm. but it's quite entertaining uh, um, what uh, what series are you binging at the moment? There's always a series that we're binging. Uh, I'm I'm still working my way through Line of Duty. Okay. Um, I'm up to the point because I, I watched episodes of like a older series. Uh, uh sorry, okay. a newer series, and then I didn't watch everything in between. So I've kind of I've kind of got to the point now where I recognise things that are going on. So okay, there's that. Uh, and yeah, I'm not really binging anything else to be fair, mate. What have you been watching? Okay, so I think I mentioned it a while ago. I was uh, binged all of Sweet Tooth. I think that was what we spoke about. Like everybody else started watching it, so I ended up rewatching it. So I can't remember if I had mentioned it or not. 
Um, I'm binging Suits at the moment because Charles never seen Suits, so we're watching that. I think it's a great series. It is a great series. It is indeed. It- so I had a chance to watch a lot of films while I was away. So I've got a list of films for you. Suits is one of those series that makes you wonder why you never did law at school and college. Oh. And then you realise yeah. that, yeah, it's not actually like that. <laughs> no, yeah, law, especially in the UK, is just a lot of boring people in quiet rooms doing a lot of paperwork. And Suits makes it out to be like the most lavish lifestyle in the world. Yeah, and that you've got... It literally makes it into the sexiest job in the world. Yeah, (laughs) and that you've got time to do, like, literally anything you want, and all you hear from solicitors in the UK is that they are just, like, never got time to do anything that they want. (laughs) Yeah, literally, like, in suits, somebody will say one thing, and they're like, you just cracked the entire case, because I remember this one specific line of law that I learned 20 years ago. It's like, no, most of being a lawyer is searching through books to find legal loopholes for shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of just reading. So, yeah. But it's still a good series, though, because there's enough drama to carry it. Oh, Um, yeah. And I probably know more about the American legal system than I do about the British legal system. Go on then, what films have you been watching? (laughs) Okay, so I watched A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, okay. Uh, Very good films. Mm -hmm. I think the first one was better. Okay. But not by much. It was just a very self-contained story. And it was a bit smaller in its scope. I am excited to watch the third one because of where the second one left off. Um, I am also invested in the characters now. And I think the daughter in it, I can't remember the names of the characters. She is actually deaf in real life as well. And she is a phenomenal actress. I believe she was nominated for um Viewer's Choice Award or something like that. Okay, so cool. definitely props to her. Um, I did miss John Krasinski in the second one a little bit, um, but it was good, definitely good. Um, I would say the near enough on par. I just slightly preferred the first one. Mm-hmm. I just wish it wasn't spoiled for me before I went in. So after that, I watched Yesterday, which is the film. It came out probably about two years ago. Um, a guy gets hit by a truck and wakes up in a world where nobody remembers the Beatles. And he's a musician, so then he just starts recording all the Beatles songs. It's a decent film. Um, if you're a fan of the Beatles, you'll like appreciate the music in it and stuff like that. I thought it, I thought it was all right. It was a good film, um, but nothing I'm rushing to watch again. Mm-hmm. Then I watched the Tomorrow War, oh, which we've been talking about coming out for a while. I still need to watch this. Um, it was better than I expected. Yeah, and that's um, why it, I kind of need to watch it. <laughs> The first 20, 30 minutes maybe were a little bit lackluster and it felt like a, like a bit of a cheap streaming film. And then you notice where all the budget went in the second half of the film. Mm-hmm. And I definitely th- felt like... I, I, there's one point towards the end I was like, right, that's sequel, a sequel bait right there. But then the next scene just gets rid of that. So I was like, okay, there's not really any room for a sequel, but... Timelines are timelines, so maybe. And then as soon as it came out, um, Amazon and I think it's Skydance Films, maybe. I've basically been like, yeah, we're going to try and make a sequel to it. Okay, um, interesting. Don't know where it's going to fit in or anything, but 
I mean, I wouldn't be annoyed to have a second one, especially because it's on Amazon. It's free, free to watch. Yeah. So would you? Would you? Chris have paid Pat was to, fine in it. Would you have paid to go watch this at the cinema? Um, I probably wouldn't have been mad when I left the cinema, but I'm glad that I didn't pay for it. Okay, that's, uh, <laughs> um, that's a good answer. It it's not like you know. Sometimes you go to the cinema and you're like, "Fucking hell, why did I pay that money?" If I had left after that, I would have been like, "Okay, I got my money's worth." But it's not like when you go to see Black Widow and you're getting the tickets for like less than ten quid and you leave with an experience like Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was all right. I'd definitely watch the second one on Amazon. Cool. J.K. Simmons is not in that film enough, though. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> I then I watched Dog Soldiers. Okay. Have you ever watched Dog Soldiers? Uh I don't think I have. It's a super super low budget British action horror film from the early 2000s um about this group of army guys who are on a training mission in Scotland and they end up coming across a pack of werewolves. So it basically, basically becomes a survival horror. They're trapped inside of a house in Scotland with a pack of werewolves hunting them. Okay. And it's fucking incredible. Like, it's it's not the best film, but because it's such a low-budget, grimy British film with all British actors, like, most of these guys never acted again. They just were hired to be army men. Um, the lead guy in it has been in a few things. It's not coming to my mind what he's been in. But it's something that we've watched together. Um, it's just not coming to me. It's also got you know the guy that played Alfred in Gotham. Oh yeah, he plays like the leader of the army, and then oh, I'm forgetting everyone's name. He's the old guy from Game of Thrones, um, who was friends with the little girl who got the, sacrificed um, by the yeah, Red Witch. I know who you mean, though. I know who you mean. Um. I, I can't remember the, the, everyone's name has left me, but though it like those two are in it and they're absolutely incredible. And there's a guy who's definitely not a scouser, but he was northern enough that they were like, okay, can you kind of do a scouse voice? And at one point, he's about to get eaten by a werewolf. He's like, hey, mate, I hope I give you the fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just quality. <laughs> What is this film? <laughs> it's incredible. I can't believe you haven't watched it. Like this seems like something you definitely would have watched in high school. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's from like two thousand three or something. But it's good. Why it's definitely have good. The and also got such smooth skin in this film and such hairy heads. <laughs> smooth skin. I don't remember the skin being that smooth. I'm looking at a photo here and it's like it's like it's a dog wearing a wetsuit. It's weird. um anyway (laughs) yeah i think i think it looks worse when you see it uh lit up because most of it's like very much at night in dark rooms and you don't see it as much most of these screenshots that i'm looking on youtube also they did a shitty like i think they tried to do a shitty sequel that just came straight to dvd or something dog soldiers fresh meat yeah and i think that's where you're seeing most of the dodgy costumes from nice yeah um, but anyway, it, it's a good watch. It's definitely worth a watch. And it's not super scary. It's just more action, but it's good. And then finally, the last thing that I can remember is Molly's Game um, about the illegal poker rings with Jessica Chestain playing the lead, I believe. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Jessica Chestain. Um, and it's got 
um, Eyeball's elbow as himself, Idris Elba, mm-hmm. and Michael Cera and stuff in. I didn't manage to finish all of it because it was super late and I was quite bevied when I was watching it, but it was super engaging for what I watched and I didn't want to go to bed, but I just physically couldn't keep my eyes open any longer. Mm-hmm. I hate starting a film if I'm not going to finish it. Um, so I need to go back and finish it, but I really enjoyed that film considering it's a biopic as well and they just managed to engage you in it. They sort of told the narrative almost like Wolf of Wall Street-esque. Mm. So... Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I think that's everything that I've been watching. Cool, right? Uh, shall we chat about some news then? Oh, let's dive into some news. Do you want to lead off straight away? Uh, I certainly can do. Uh, we have some juicy Obi One news um, <sighs> that is currently in production, I believe. Um, lots of behind the scenes photos. Uh, and that of uh, Andor as well. Lots of behind-the-scenes photos of those yeah. two things. The hair uh, and the robes are back. They are certainly back, full force. Um, the photos that we're seeing uh, are really interesting. Like lots of like look at looks at um, Tatooine. Lots of looks at uh, costumes as well. Um, the woman who we thought was going to be an Inquisitor wasn't an Inquisitor. However, um, what we've maybe getting the rumours of is that uh, Sung Kang, um, who is from Fast Nine, uh, maybe play, yeah, yeah, maybe playing an Inquisitor, uh, the fifth brother, I believe, uh, who is featured yeah. in Rebels as well. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, I think he's in season one of Rebels, isn't he? He's the really big one. Yeah, he's got like a bit of a like a, a scarecrowy hat kind of kind of vibe going on. Um, yeah, yeah uh, that's cool. Uh, and also, they're rumored to have cast a young Princess Leia as well. Yeah, what uh, what was the name? Vivian, Vivian Lyra Blair. Yeah, so she is the little girl in Bird Box. Mm. I did some research earlier, but I don't know where you so get it, in. It's... I don't know where you get in young Leia in here because if it's taking place on Tatooine, young Leia's on I'm thinking that maybe it's not entirely on Tatooine now, and I think that's our like the big one of the big reveals, maybe. Oh, maybe that it's not going to be entirely on Tatooine. Mm. So Leia is pretty much the impetus for the whole show, and what gets Obi Wan into another adventure? Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, this would be a fun twist on fans' expectations, especially as most are excited to see Kenobi leap into action on Tatooine to protect Luke. However, if Leia needs him, then that could prompt the hero to leave the planet in an effort to protect the young girl from falling into Vader's sinister clutches. That's literally what I was about to say. Like The only thing that would warrant him leaving Tatooine would be for Leia. Yeah. Because he's the only one that knows at the time anyway, isn't he? So, Except for Yoda, yeah. Yeah, so... Interesting. That sounds good. Mm. Uh, that comes from uh, Cine- Cinelinks. Uh, that story, oh. just in case you needed, okay. uh, needed to know. Sources, sources. If you want your sources. A uh, bit of ketchup, a bit of barbecue on there. <laughs> mm. I'm a bit My... of a burger sauce guy myself, Chris. Um, oh, a bit, a bit of burger relish. A bit of burger relish, a bit of pickle. Mm. 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 I had some really nice relish the other day, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Just oh. set the burger on fire. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm hungry now. Michael... Gonna, I'm going to go eat and uh, let you carry on talking about news. <laughs> Get some good burger relish on the go. <laughs> Michael Keaton's Batmobile and Batmo- uh, Batcave have been revealed in Flash movie set photos. So they are going all, all in on this. Um, 
I'm really excited about this because it's one of the cheesiest yet greatest Batmobiles we've ever had. It's the super long one with the turbine in the front yeah. and the wings. Uh, it's it's so campy, but it looks great. And we're getting the, the um, Batcave as well. It's not just like Michael Keaton's like a little cameo. Like They are diving deep into this. I also saw something the other day. Apparently, it's a leak of what the new DCEU timeline will be after The Flash. It's basically, they just took the list and then anything that Ben Affleck's Batman was in, they just took out of the list. I was like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Tying on with DC news then... We've got a reveal that Sean Gunn is actually playing two characters in the Suicide Squad. Um, he's going to be playing Calendar Man as well. So he's playing Weasel in motion capture, and then he's actually appearing in person playing Calendar Man, which is interesting because I thought we might get a version of Calendar Man mixed in with Riddler in the Batman film. But I doubt DC would put out two vastly different versions of Calendar Man in the same like year of coming out. Nice. So I think that saw off that rumor, maybe. But also, it's such a weird addition. But James Gunn is doing a weird version of the Suicide Squad. Also, actually, I completely forgot this was news. Early reviews are coming out from the Suicide Squad. People have been to see it, reviewers, and it's getting really, really positive things from what i've seen on twitter oh that's good it makes a I've change seen, like yeah most of the people who do like um what's his name it's db something his handle let me just check my sources super quick well that only actually um, gets released on the 30th here that is yeah so it's close. been brought forward in the uk holy that's so close it, it's a weird time we're getting a lot of films that we've heard about for ages and like thought were never going to get released mm-hmm. and they're actually finally coming out Apart from James Bond, who just can't seem to wait until September to die and everything, you know. He just he just can't find the time to die. I cannot find this guy's... Um, is it BD instead of DB? Oh, yeah. Brendan Davis, BD. Um, he does a load of press junket stuff. He always gets like the exclusive interviews with um, the Disney Plus shows and stuff like that before um, they come out. He's got a YouTube channel and a blog and stuff like that. So he saw it early, and I remember him saying that he... Oh, there it is. Desperately need to see the Suicide Squad again. And he's, he's been sort of, like, lukewarm on a lot of, like, the more recent DC properties. So that's quite a good review from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to give him credit because he is a good guy. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been brought forward in the UK, so we can go see that in two weeks' time or a week and a half. Oh, that's exciting! We should uh, we should plan that. We should put this in the put this in the calendar. Put it in the bloody Apple calendar. Sync it to everybody. We do have that. It's a thing. I'm going to do it right now. You you talk about the next story, and I'll do that. Yes, uh, I've forgotten what I was talking about. So, Monster Hunter: Legends of the Guild. Monster Hunter's finally getting a faithful movie adaptation after that appalling one we had with Mia Djokovic in. Um, It's coming to Netflix. It's an anime movie. It's being produced by Capcom in a 3D art style. It looks like the artwork from the new... What's the franchise? Monster Hunter Stories games, I think. It's either Monster Hunter Rise or Monster Hunter Stories, one or the other. It looks like that sort of art style. 
Um, it's a little bit more anime than the games are, but it definitely looks in the right world. So, yeah, we're getting a new Monster Hunter film, which is actually faithful to the games, which we said after the first trailer dropped that this was in no way faithful to the games, and then we go. Hopefully it's going to be better received than what the film was. <laughs> Hopefully. No really offensive Chinese slurs. We better hope so. Okay, I I think trailers? Yeah, we can fire through a couple of dead quick trailers. Okay. First one that I wanted to mention was The Many Saints of Newark. So this is set in Newark, New Jersey. It's the prequel series to the Sopranos TV series. This is coming out... Uh, let me just check a date. I did have it and I got rid of it. Um... Uh, give me two seconds, because I had the cast list up instead. This oh, is uh, some heart preparation. Um, October 1st is the US release. I don't know where it's going to release in the UK. I think it might be a HBO property, so that could be anything from Now TV to Sky to anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's normally Sky Atlantic get the HBO series, like Game of Thrones and Chernobyl and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is the prequel. It follows Tony Soprano when he's younger, but we got um, John Bernthal is going to be in this. Corey Stroll, uh, who else? Ray Liotta pops up later on in the trailer. Uh, Vera, what's her name? Vera from uh, begins with an F. Yeah, okay. It's not on my list here. Yeah, she she's been in loads of stuff. Um, you'll know her face. She's from the Conjuring films. She's playing. Tony Soprano's mum. Okay, cool. I think this looks really good. You've got all the guys that are in classic mafia films coming into it and stuff like that. The Sopranos did really well until the last series was a bit divisive for people. So, I don't know. Hopefully this sticks. Hopefully. That'd be cool. Uh, It's actually lit a fire up my ass as well to actually go back and finish the (laughs) Sopranos series. So I will do that. (laughs) What a way of uh, saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Witcher season 2 finally got a full trailer yeah it's very much Wild Hunt reminds me of Wild Hunt quite a lot yeah it looks I think visually it looks better than the first series Mm -hmm. like there's a few more interesting shots and maybe a bit more interesting colour palettes and stuff like that not teasing Um, much in the way of monsters so far no we only had like one creature which kind of looked like one that he had already sort of fought it's like a a man bat looking thing. Yeah. But Henry Cavill looks great. We're getting a lot more of Siri in this. We're seeing a lot more of the backstory of the witches and where he trains and stuff like that. Um I think it looks better than maybe season one. We will be talking about it because the Witcher is somehow still our best performing episode. So guys get ready for the Witcher season two and you best believe we're putting Witcher in all the tags for this episode. <laughs> maybe as well. maybe every single episode title should just be The Witcher, Feet, Loki Finale and Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Witcher is the main subject for today. Uh, the main subject for every single episode we do yeah. going forward. So that comes out on December seventeenth. I can't wait to see more Henry Cavill. Oh, that's what else I watched when I was away. I I watched Mission Impossible Fallout again. It's fucking great. It's so good. Yeah, where he reloads his fists. Yeah, <laughs> reload his biceps. Have you watched the full thing of that yet? Yeah, I've seen it all. I've seen okay, all the good. films. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
excellent. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I just want to go back and rewatch all the Mission Impossible films now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the second one is is all right, but like the the newest three are good. Um, we actually had some confirmation of somebody else joining the cast, and I can't remember who it was because the filming in London at the moment. Uh, when the Euros was going on and Wimbledon, Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie were there, and I remember seeing that somebody like a big fucking actor has joined the cast. And I can't remember who it is. Um, but I'll I'll let you know next week when I remember who it is. Great. Did I say December seventeenth? Virtual was coming out. Yeah. Okay. Um. Last. Two things are both Marvel-related going into the main topic then. We had another trailer for Shang-Chi. This came out a couple weeks ago, but obviously we were on a break. Just wanted to mention it because this looks even better from the new trailer. The Ten Rings powers look really cool. And also, we had that reveal at the motherfucking end. Abomination is back, and he looks like he does in the comic books. He's got the fish gills and the spikes and everything. Looks really cool. He's also fighting Wong in the tournament. Like, what is Wong doing in an underground fighting ring? Yeah, like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) And so I was like, is that Wong? Because we only saw, like, we saw, like, a big guy in the ring from behind dressed like Wong. And then, like, we saw that he had, like, the shaved head and stuff like that. But we didn't get an actual close-up of his face. But apparently Kevin Feige is a come out and confirmed that it is Wong. Um, but did he confirm it was Abomination? Yeah. All oh, right. okay, fair enough. And, and, and that's so obvious, like, you, you don't have many fish-gilled fucking Hulk creatures in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> no. Um, I reckon that's going to tie into maybe things that were hinted during Falcon and the Winter Soldier and maybe things that were maybe hinted somewhere else as well. Um, uh, We know Abomination is back for She-Hulk as well. So I think maybe we're doing... Maybe the Hulk program, the Gamma Radiation Super Soldier Serum thing is still going on behind the scenes, holding out hope for a Red Hulk. Um, But I think Abomination being back in this is setting something else up. Mm-hmm. Keep your damn fingers um, crossed. Yeah, I I just think Shang Chi looks really good. I think the action in it looks incredible. So yeah, what if then? Did you watch the what if trailer? I did watch the what if trailer. It gave a lot so, more of an insight to kind of what sort of what if stories we can expect now. And the yeah, fun- and I loved the way the first shot that we got in it was the exact same way that the MCU started. Yeah. So this whole multiverse like shenanigans stuff starts the same way that the MCU starts and then instantly tips it on his head as soon as that bomb drops. Yeah, I absolutely love the voice acting in this. They did, like, it's spot on. So the one thing that I thought, everybody else, obviously, I could tell that it was their voice actors. Tony Stark at the beginning sounds slightly different and it didn't sound fully like Robert Downey Jr. to me. It sounded like somebody doing a Robert Downey Jr. impression. Okay. I mean, it probably. I'm wondering is. if maybe he phoned it in, like either like <laughs> didn't do it properly, or they like took his audio from the first film instead of making him redo it, or maybe it's not actually him because no, it well, didn't sound wholly like him to me. Well, there's a lot of people where it isn't actually the person. I mean, the the person doing uh, Chadwick Boseman. No, it, that is Chadwick Boseman. They that, recorded it before he passed away. That is Chadwick Boseman. 
Yeah, they've got everyone back. They said that they've got the MCU actors back to play their roles again. Oh, right, God. That's probably why... They, the this will be so Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Oh, my word. Wow. Okay. That makes sense now. <laughs> there's me saying yeah, it. That, me that's thinking. why it sounded so good. Yeah, I was like, the voice acting is bloody awesome. It's so close. And now that makes sense why. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be really cool. We're going to get... Captain Carter, which we've also had a leak that apparently Hayley Atwell as Captain Carter will appear in some way in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I think What If is going to set up that film the same way that other series have been setting it up, like WandaVision and stuff. Um, I think we're going to have some cross-pollination between them all. Mm. Uh, So we've got Captain Carter, What If Sharon Carter got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Captain America... We had, what if Killmonger saved um, Iron Man, Tony Stark? So I reckon yeah. that's going to be the one where we see a lot of fighting in Wakanda. So he teams up with Tony Stark and he doesn't become Iron Man. He doesn't give up the arms business mm-hmm. and tries to invade there with Killmonger, I think that'll be. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously got the Doctor Strange one, which I think is leading into the Marvel Zombies storyline. I think that one's going to be. Yeah. What else did we get? We had uh, we Black had Panther if, is Star Lord. Yeah, Black Panther became a Ravager, um, which I think it's either two different stories or it's the same one, and it's a different version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. We get where Gamora killed Thanos and has his armor, and she's the ruler of his army. And also, we had Party Four teaming up with them with the Avengers style shot, but they were on a different planet. Mm. So maybe like, what if Space Avengers? <laughs> what if Space Avengers? Maybe. <laughs> um, I can't remember which of the storylines we're getting. We've seen that Spider-Man's definitely in this because people were wondering for a while because the animated Spider-Man rights are in a bit of a weird loophole. Uh, I think Sony still owns them, but Disney can uh, put them out. So speaking of we this, weren't sure. Speaking of this, I just really wanted to quickly mention that. Hot Hot Toys, was it, that have um, shown some of the new leaks for... Well, it's not really a leak. It's just the the toys. Toys ruin everything, as we know. And it gave us a big look at what the Spider-Man suit's going to look like in No Way Home. Yeah, this is what I was trying to remember before we hit record, and I knew there was one big bit of news. Yeah, so we had Pop Vinyls leaked it, but then, obviously, Pop Vinyls, like, stylized versions of it. So Hot Toys released, like, their amazing figures of it and spider-man in his black like nanotech multiverse armor so he's got like it looks like the iron spider sort of arms and stuff like that in terms of like tech but then he's got like almost like a glowing eye of agamotto style thing on his chest and on his arms yeah so that's clearly something that uh, that dr strange has given him to help him traverse the multiverse maybe Mm mm-hmm um, so that's for no no way home as well. That's not even for Doctor Strange. So it's just more fuel on the fire of multiverse shenanigans. And we also saw a version of Doctor Strange where he's like, it's him with his cape, but then he's just sort of wearing like a hoodie and trackies and trainers with a shovel or something. <laughs> So, fuck knows what the fuck's happening there. But yeah, why haven't we seen a trailer yet? It's less than. Uh, five months away we're in 
July now. It comes out in December. It should have come out a, like a week ago, but obviously COVID hit, so we got pushed back. Yeah, but you were also you also made a good point the other day that it could just be a case that Loki's only just finished, Black Widow's just come out. Mm-hmm. Like wait for all that dust to settle first, and then maybe I, show something. I thought we were going to see a trailer for it before Black Widow, but obviously once Black Widow came out, we found out it wasn't. Mm. Yeah, I went back to thinking it's because obviously what the finale of Loki set up, they couldn't have shown a trailer, otherwise it would have spoiled Loki and everyone, like, Loki has been the biggest thing this year. Yeah, for sure. Shall we talk about Loki? (sighs) We should probably move on and talk about Loki. Yeah, it might be a little bit longer this episode, it might be, it might... (laughs) It might bridge the one hour mark. Because well, we're only it's been a few weeks. We're only eight minutes behind schedule, so we don't. We, yeah, yeah. We need this is going to be Loki finale, so we're going to mainly talk about kind of the back end of Loki. Yeah. So big spoilers because there's no way we can avoid. No, spoilers we're going for this. straight in with the uh, the spoilers. I think I I would say okay before we like do too many spoilers. I think this is the best Disney Plus show that we've ever had. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like. Maybe even better than The Mandalorian. Oh, you think it's like the be- better It's Disney definitely Plus. the best Marvel show, but I think it might be tied with The Mandalorian for the best Disney Plus show. Ah, but you're you're saying it could be better. You're not just saying it's the best Marvel one. You're saying it's the best total one. Uh, possibly, yeah. Hmm. It's definitely the best Marvel one that we've had. Yeah. And that's saying something because I thought WandaVision was shit hot. Yeah, I think it was pretty much. Um, it was very comparable to One Division. I think it was more comparable mm-hmm. to One Division than what it would have been for anything else. Yeah, it, yeah, closer than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, I just think like the the connections to the MCU. I think the what it sets up in terms of like the stakes and the things that it sets up for the actual um, the actual MCU going forward especially in that final episode i mean wow i mean that's like a that's like a literal marvel film moment like that's that like a, was that's like an end that was yeah. something else that's an infinity war moment you know like that kind of thing yeah literally that was end of infinity war that was second half of end game level yeah shit. um you, you've got uh you just like visually it's stunning like you can tell that they're using the volume like quite a lot in this mm-hmm. but it just really immerses you in everything going on the characters are really great um i think it ramped really well as well like the anticipation never dropped like they were always able to one up themselves and like you said like visually i think that helped sell it because it it went from semi grounded stuff yeah. To like just go in one step further every time. Yeah, it's a good point actually, because it could have peaked really quickly. Mm-hmm. It could have like peaked right at the beginning when you have all the TVA stuff and then you find out there's a Loki variant and all that sort of stuff. It could have peaked out at that really quick. But it, it didn't. could have peaked at like episode three, really, couldn't it? With mm. um them being on Lamantis. Yeah, and like that visually was like stunning, and there was so much going on, but they somehow managed to keep raising the stakes and keep putting them in these even greater locations and stuff. Yeah, that's it. It just um, it just did a awesome job of just pacing itself really well. Mm-hmm. So, so 
full spoilers now. We're going to dive into probably the last two episodes, I'm going to guess, is what we're going to be talking about, mostly about the last episode. Yep. Um, and then obviously stick around for Black Widow or hit the time code description uh, in the description below. And if you want to flick ahead to Black Widow because you want to avoid Loki stuff, you can do that right there as well. Yes. Um. So, at what point did you think you realised who He Who Remains was? Uh, right away before he even appeared, because there was no way that... Obviously, like when you when he walked into the room where you have the broken statue, mm-hmm. and you realise that every the timekeepers look a lot like Kang the Conqueror anyway... I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, definitely, like, we're going to get Kang. It's got to be something to do with Kang. But then when yeah. I saw and it was um, John Jonathan Majors, and I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting look. Um, and then it, yeah, it definitely solidified it when he was like, some have called me a conqueror. And I was like, <laughs> hmm, just in case we hadn't made it obvious enough. Yeah, I think... That's like a little wink for people who like don't know who Kang the Conqueror, uh, like the people who do know who he is. Sorry, because they didn't name him Kang the Conqueror or anything like that in that episode. That was definitely just like a wink for the people who know. But mm. yeah, I think they set it up so well. Like, I think if you didn't know who that character was until you got there, you were just sort of baffled. And even probably when he is explaining, you're probably still baffled. For me, I realized in the second to last episode, because there's so many little hidden details in the background, which gave it away. And I wasn't sure if it was just a tease. I wasn't 100%. I had two theories. Either it was going to be Kang, or it was going to be an older version of Loki who had become He Who Remains. Yeah. Oh, Uh, that would have been an interesting twist, actually. Yeah. So I was was leaning more towards Kang because there were so many hints in the background of um, the void, which also props to all the different Easter eggs that we got there and all the different versions of Loki that we got. And we know we're just going to see more in in future things because it, they dropped on us that there's a second season coming out. Mm. Like, holy shit. Like, the stakes that they set up in the last... 30 seconds of that series was mind-blowing. I saw it and I was like, oh my god, like, like Doctor Strange is now just a low-key sequel. But then it was like, after that, they reveal that it's getting a second season. I was like, what? Yeah, so you're going to have some stuff happen in the films and then it'll come back to... Maybe maybe it just focuses next on what happens with Loki, like how he finds his way back. Maybe all like mm-hmm. the big universe breaking things you see in the films, which makes a lot more sense now for like Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home and Quantumania, where originally that's where we got Jonathan Majors um, confirmed yeah. as Kang for Quantumania anyway. Uh, but it, it's quite interesting that you're, you're going to put Spider-Man in that. Definitely like that. This whole big massive stakes thing, you know, it's going to have Spider-Man in it. It's going to be quite funny. He's yeah, going to be like the grounded version of everything, I, I guess. It's it's mind-blowing that they were able to do a multiverse in a way that's so easily digestible for people who don't know the multiverse. That's something I was talking to 
Richard and Lawrence about after the we went to see Black Widow and we were talking about Loki. Um, so Richard and Lawrence from the Get Real Gaming podcast, check them out if you haven't already. Um, they were saying how well it like it was that like people they know who don't know what a multiverse is were able to understand that, and it broke it down in such a cool way by introducing the theory of it earlier on with all these variants and getting us invested in characters. And then in that final episode, actually explaining what the hell it is and what it means, I thought was really good. And it's kind of made Loki required viewing, which we we already kind of thought because Kevin Feige said, like, this one is setting up the future films. I think it's going to be hard to watch these next few films if you've not watched Loki, but I don't know anyone who hasn't watched Loki now. Yeah, but you've also got, like they did a really good job of taking the time to rather than just saying, all right, here's Kang the Conqueror. It was like, oh, well first we'll tease the timekeepers and then we'll, we'll set like the, the idea of timekeepers up. And then it was like, right. Okay. Now that you've got that, now we'll introduce this. And it just gets nuts. Like the whole, is it, is it Abeloth, Abaroth, the, the big demon, like fake cloud with a dog face. Yeah, eat, it's something like that. That just eats stuff. It's like just just that in general is like something straight out of like an old Thor film or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of times they reference the Dark World in this. Holy yeah. shit. Like everyone keeps coming back to Thor the Dark World and it's the most hated Marvel film there is. Yeah, but um, also there's just a whole lot of like references and teases and like the um the 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 Throg. Throg being in there. Yes. But that's voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I I think that was actually his dialogue from the Avengers, you know, when he's trying to get out the drop pod. Oh yeah. Because he's doing the exact same thing. I think it's that audio has been retaken for it. Because oh, he's making cool. like the exact same sounds. Yeah, like there was so many like little hidden rewarding details for people. Yeah. What did you think of the Loki and Sylvie dynamic by the end then? Interesting because it kind of uh, ties in with Loki's personality quite a lot. That the the way that um, Mobius talks about it uh, is it Morbius or Mo- Mobius? Mobius. Morbius is the vampire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, more the way Mobius talks about it is like, yeah, of course you'd fall in love with yourself, and da 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 da, and that's the mm-hmm. way you kind of look at it. But it, I, yeah. I, I loved the bit at the end where it wasn't as cheesy as that. It was just like, I just want you to be okay. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, that's the way. It was a lot it. about learning self-respect and learning self-love, and you can't like appreciate other people around you until like you can trust yourself and you like. The more you, the more you push people away, the more you're going to be alone. So then you can't blame other people for you being alone. And they were both doing that sort of thing, and then they found each other. But because they're both Loki's, they still couldn't entirely trust each other. Mm, that's it. I thought that was a nice, like, a bit of give and take. So it's like it left it open ended enough for something to go forward. Yeah, the back and forward during all of that was so good. Yeah, like so good. Um, I, I, how how many Lokis do you give this series, Chris? Uh, five Lokis out of five. Five out of five. Five, Lokis. five crocodile Lokis out of five. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Five five crocodile. No, 
I give it five Crocodile Lokis and then a bonus um, Richard E. Grant Loki. <laughs> Glorious Purpose Loki. Glorious Purpose Loki, exactly. He was great. I'm sad that we only had him for one episode. Yeah. He was really good. Um, the fact that they can give us these classic cheesy outfits and make it work somehow mm. like we had wonder in a classic gear we had all this sort of stuff like nowadays like they are going balls to the wall and they're not afraid to make them look like the cheesy versions of the characters even if they give us the updated version later they're not afraid to do it and it's just it it tickles a nice part of me you know what i mean <laughs> what a brilliant way of introducing the thanos copter as well oh chef's kiss when i saw that i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> like i was so happy i had to i was watching it with charlotte's family and i had to explain what it was because i was like as if they're doing the thanos copter yeah, there was, yeah there's a multiverse out there where thanos had a helicopter yeah and that's it and it's it's a perfect way of like being able to introduce all these like crazy stupid stories now Mm-hmm. And have these things just the stakes. Like when I was watching it, I was like, the stakes. This has just opened up. I was like, just, just what does this mean? There's, there's actually so much that can happen now. Okay, so there was one little bit of contention, like which we were trying to figure out after you left the other night. We were talking about this. So my theory is that this might have been Kang's plan all along. Like, he knew that if this started, like, a different version of Kang would take over and, like, basically rule the TVA, and it might have been his sort of thing. Because my understanding is the TVA exists outside of time and the multiverse. Right. So this this is all meant to happen, and because the multiverse has opened, like, th- like certain things haven't happened and Kang has taken over, and that's why they don't recognize loki at the end and stuff whereas richard thought that he had been sent to a different version of the tva like there's now a multiverse and there's now multiple versions of the tva i reckon they might sort of maybe hand wave it into being the same thing but my understanding is that the tva exists outside of time and the multiverse so this Mm. might have been kang's plan all along because like he kept saying, he was like, I'll see you soon and stuff like that. And he seemed to be pushing Sylvie towards her killing him. Mm, I get what he's saying. But also, if there's multiple versions of Kang, there's got to be more. He must have created different versions of the TVA. Like, Well, there is now, but there was only one version of Kang at that well, point maybe, that made the maybe TVA. Maybe by killing Kang, the, obviously he was keeping all the other ones at bay. Maybe there is multiple versions of the TVA now because the Kangs haven't been reined in. So maybe they have been able to create their own versions of the TVA that sit in their own multiverses. It's possible. And that's where Loki's ended up at one of them. And that's why it's like, that's why it's like, well, what's going on? Do we think this is what that version of Kang wanted? Or do we think he kind of wanted to stay in control of the TVA and Sylvie decline the offer um well i'm not too sure because i mean he he was like you know eventually i will come round and and you know until i get this all under control again so he he's assuming that there's a there is a reality where kang will get everything back under control right 
Yeah, but he also said that there's also going to be an even worse one. Like, like it's better the devil you know, but you've just unleashed an even worse devil type thing. So yeah, I I really don't know. I think it could go either way, but we know Kang is a villain going forward. So mm. I think this might have been all part of his plan. Like mm. he was still maybe an evil version of Kang, mm. and he he was kind of happy with another evil version of Kang taking over. Well, it's all very exciting, anyway. Mm, just, like, it's just it left me mind boggled. Like the fact that they Marvel would do something like that and leave something so unresolved. We've never had a Marvel property unresolved at the end, apart from Infinity War. But even that sort of had like it sort of had a closure, didn't it? It was like everyone's dead. This is the point going forward. Mm, yeah, true. It, it did drop like a big event at the end, but like this, like nothing was tied up at the end. But like, this is it. Absolutely you'll, nothing. You'll start to see the things happen now when we like when we get Doctor Strange. Well, when we get No Way Home, I was surprised that. And to, to just to just mention it up top, I'm surprised we didn't get anything in Black Widow. But I think the timing of it was totally wrong because Black Widow should have came out a long time ago. Yeah, it should have come out a year ago. Yeah. Um, but I think um, I, I'm, I Black think, Widow is setting up its own thing. Yeah, but I think when we get the introductions of those films, that'll be the uh, like the like you'll have like Peter, uh, Tom Holland will just be like Peter Parker walking through the street, and then all of a sudden there'll be like another version of him, and they'll just start pointing at each other, and it'll be like that <laughs> that kind of thing where it's like there is some really weird stuff going on. Yeah. Or the, I think that's or what we're going to see. I am, or, or Tony Stark will be alive again, and everyone's going to be like, wait, what? But it's not him. Yeah. Like, there's going to be some crazy, crazy things happening. I actually saw a headline today, and I can't remember where it was, so I don't trust it entirely, but apparently a version of Pepper Potts is going to try and bring back Tony, like bring him back to life or something like that. And if they ever wanted to bring... Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. back, it would be through the multiverse at this point, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think that's something that Spider-Man would have as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something he has to grapple with. Maybe he thinks about in Doctor Strange has to like say no, like he's got his own place, like in these other universes, you can't pull him out. Like our version of Tony is dead and you're gonna have to like come to terms with it. Because mm-hmm. um, like that was one like what spider-man had been struggling with wasn't he in um far from home yeah maybe so uh, maybe maybe so. shall we talk about black widow then because there's a lot to talk about with black widow as well yeah we'll move on to black widow should we do we'll do non-spoilers and then spoilers yep okay so right, kick us off for the time code non-spoilers for black widow i was really really happy with this film i really enjoyed what it did I thought the action was good. I thought the acting was great. Um, I liked the fact that it had something to say. It took this opportunity like what I think The Last Jedi did, and it uses a franchise like this to tell an important narrative with real world... Um, It takes aspects from the real world and shines a light on it in these big temple franchises, which, like everyone's going to, like, so many people are going to see Black Widow. Uh, before we went to see it, it had earned more, it had earned its budget back in the US box office. Mm-hmm. 
um, and it had earned more in cinemas than it had on Disney Plus, which I was really happy about. I thought a lot of people would either stay home or pirate it. Mm. I think we've probably had a lot of people pirating it, but yeah. a lot of people have taken the opportunity to go back and support the cinemas and stuff like that. And the MCU is maybe what cinemas need to save the the cinema industry this year. Mm-hmm. After an abysmal last year, I think the MCU is what's going to bring the money back to them, which is amazing. Yeah. And because so many people have seen it, so many people have been exposed to the story that it's telling. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really incredible. I left really happy. We were talking about it in the drive home. Um, like... My girlfriend Charlotte studied sociology and she focused on representation of women in media and stuff like that and like feminist studies. And Lawrence has been studying film. Uh, he's recently got his film degree and stuff. So we were talking about it in, uh, in the car on the way home and I was really happy with the way that they presented stuff. And I think some stuff was really on the, on the nose in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I was really, really happy about this. What did you think of it? Non-spoilers. Uh, yeah, I thought the action was really good in it. I thought I really enjoyed like Florence Pugh and David Harper in this. Thought they were both incredible. Um, yeah, I thought. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just thought it was really good, man. I, I don't think there's really much else that I can say about it. Um, I think it was a nice story contained in itself rather than it having to rely too much about what else has happened in the mcu i like how it was obviously it referenced um a lot about where it was in where it was in the timeline made that really clear Mm -hmm. uh with ross and everything um yeah i think the yeah I, i think the story and i think that the the twists and the clarification it gives on uh, the Black Widow background as well was really good. Um, I, I love that it didn't hold our hands with, like, they were upfront about what a horrific background this character has, and it didn't shy away from it, and it used it to strengthen all the characters involved, I think, instead of it could have been done really distastefully. Mm. But I think it was done really well. I'm seeing loads of memes at the moment about, like, how I don't know if you were, but the opening montage over the opening credits was like quite like horrifying almost. Like it was really shocking for me. It kind of left me like, holy shit, okay, this is the type of thing that they're saying in this story. Yeah, um, with the Nirvana song. Yeah, over, yeah. Like that was bone chilling almost. Like it's a song that I love and we've heard it a million different ways, but that really like because of the lyrics in it just worked so well. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, standouts. What were kind of like, without spoilers, what were like some of your standout parts of the film? Um, for me, it's definitely Scarlett Johansson being able to carry this film, um, which she did. And her and Florence Pugh worked so well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, their dynamic... I want to see more of. Obviously, with Endgame going the way that it did, we probably won't be seeing more of it. Mm. Um, So I hope maybe they make a different film together in the future because I really love the way that they played off each other. Um, The way they used comedy in it was just appropriate enough. Bringing in David Harbour as the Red Guardian was definitely the comic relief. Um, It's good to see that 
Detective Hopper has done something in that gulag since he got <laughs> locked up at the end of season three of Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Um, I I enjoyed Taskmaster's fights. It again rewarded repeat viewers. I think there is a different version of this film somewhere. Yeah. I think they had to cut and change a lot of stuff to maybe bring the age rating down. I think there is a darker version of this film out there, which was maybe a 15. Yeah. And they edited stuff out. Because we've seen stuff in trailers that didn't appear in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certain aspects of the story, which... Because there was two characters in this that I was expecting to see more of, and maybe we didn't get as much of them in this film as I thought we were going to, and I think that might have been what was cut to sort of, like, make it a bit more family-friendly and tell the family side of the story more instead of the abusive side of the story, maybe. Yeah. I liked how... um, I liked the... how the portrayal of Taskmaster... And how it mm-hmm. it was portrayed like quite sinister, like that it was really sinister, like the whole the whole like persona of it and the approach yeah. and how it was just like this unstoppable force. I, I really do. We liked want to that. jump into spoilers so we can talk about this a bit more. Maybe uh, we probably should now. I think we kind of gave it. How many uh, Black Widows do you give it? Um, uh. Probably like nearly a five out of five, probably. Like if I'm doing it on that scale, it's probably like a nine out of ten for me. I think it's one of the better MCU films. Yeah, I give it four out of five Black Widows. Okay. Yeah. I just think Why'd you give it out of ten? Because we normally do it out of ten. <laughs> uh, I give it a solid eight. I probably okay. like would maybe rewatch it. Um, I think this for me felt a lot like how I felt coming out of Black Panther. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I, I, I get yeah, that. yeah. A little okay. Bit, so a little spoilers. Bit. I, I think maybe not as much as what I felt like coming out of Black Panther. I think maybe a bit more because it was like not, it, it wasn't contributing to the overall MCU. If you get, yeah, me. I get that. Whereas Black Panther, kind of, well, I don't know. Black Panther kind of didn't. It was just like its own story, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, but it did set up a whole new aspect of the world for the MCU, like bringing Wakanda and all their politics and all mm. what that provides. So I get that. I think it's not as impactful maybe to the MCU, but I think as a standalone film, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I'd rewatch it as soon as what I would like other stuff, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it was solid. Okay, so into spoilers now because we were talking about Taskmaster. That was quite sinister, and do you want to talk about that? Because they changed this character completely, which was so interesting for me. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad so, about it. So like, we're gonna if people are mad. Yeah, we're gonna give it a little bit of a little bit of a minute to give people a chance to switch off because that is a big spoiler. Um, yeah. So okay, right now you're in the danger zone. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big old bait and switch. Like I, I didn't see that coming until like it was like two seconds before it was revealed. You did not see this coming? Nah, once it got just before the reveal, I had, like, called it, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's definitely his daughter now. But I think because, like, I don't know, I think because Taskmaster was this kind of... 
I mean, the other thing that didn't help is I saw the stunt double for Taskmaster and it was a guy. And I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah. I thought it was going to be one of the other characters. But then. Yeah, I yeah. think that was a change that they made halfway through development. And I think they did. They had two different stunt doubles for Taskmaster. They had one male and one uh, tall female, the same height as the male one. Um, so I think that was something that they changed halfway through to fit the story more because it definitely fit the story more. Yeah, because yeah, I guess it would have just been like the comic Taskmaster if it was um, the the stand like if they went with the original story. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think like because obviously Taskmaster's male in the Marvel game as well, right? It's like the OG yeah. Taskmaster. So I don't but, think I've ever seen a female version in any sort of media before. Yeah, but it keeps it it keeps it all grounded within that one story, rather than mm-hmm. like who's this who's this version of Taskmaster and where does he come from? But also, it I mean, let's just talk multiverse again. That Loki's probably set up a version of this. Like that can be the one that you have from the the comics and stuff. Yeah, so. they could they could easily swap it out where the the villain I've forgotten his name, um, Dranko or something. Yeah, um, you could easily have a version where he had a son instead, and things played out pretty much exactly the same. Only Black Widow ordered the kill on his son instead of his daughter. Mm. A different swimmer got to the egg when he was having a kid in that multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good. I I really liked it. I like. I loved the costume. I loved the um. I loved the nods to obviously the other Avengers fighting styles. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the bit where he was driving that APC through the. Uh, <sighs> yeah. How it and and the soundtrack like the choir soundtrack was very much like Emphis Nest from uh, Solo. Gave me the same kind yeah. of vibes. Um, that was um, proper cool. Uh, oh no, it's the I'm thinking of the the composer for Loki. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, um, yeah, that scene was so cool. It was so Terminator, mm. like T two, you know, when he's in the truck, like yeah, with the motorbike chase. It was so Terminator. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, and that really did make the character menacing. I did hope for a little bit more to say up because it was only sort of it was that scene and the first one which when it didn't last that long. So I don't think there was quite enough Taskmaster. But like I said, I think excuse me, I think that was cut out to bring the age rating down a little bit because then you're getting into a lot of like child abuse and stuff like that. Obviously, after what happened with his daughter. And then him implanting chips in her brain and being mm. able to like fully control her and stuff like that. I mean, she did. So I, she did blow up a young girl. So I mean, you know, not much. Yeah. Uh, not much but, left to really like, play with then. Well, that's uh, that's the thing. But I mean, like that was external. Like they were definitely telling a story about um, the abuse of women, and especially I think maybe the abuse of women in Hollywood. I think there was a lot of more nods to. Mm. Um, so and also human trafficking and stuff like that. They were also referencing a lot. That's why oh, I think yeah. that opening montage was so horrific. Yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah, um, and I think they did it really tastefully at the end. Um, how Black Widow solved that sort of plot going forward. Yeah, but I think if they had also had the father abusing the daughter and implanting chips in her, and like if we had seen more of that, which would have set it up because. It felt like it almost wasn't set up because that actress is like 
phenomenal as well. I'm going to get her name up now. Um, she's in Quantum of Solace. Um, I'll give you a sec. Yep, I've got it once it loads. Uh, Olga Kulanko is what I'm going to say. Um, I knew her first name, <laughs> I just couldn't remember her surname. So she was in Quantum of Solace is probably the next big thing that people will recognise her from. She's a really like esteemed foreign language actress. Um, so getting an actress like that into this film, she was definitely in there more in production and they've had to cut it out. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good what they tried to tell. Like It was so on the nose. Like You're in a floating city above the clouds everything's super high tech and then as soon as you go into the office it's like an office that you saw in every hollywood studio in the the 60s 70s 80s when abuse was rampant and the fact that they were able to implant pheromones so that women couldn't fight back and stuff it was so on the nose about it Mm. and just like shining a light on weak abusive men and stuff Mm. i thought it was done so tastefully and like I said earlier, putting it in an MCU film was so impactful because now people are going to see this. Teenagers are going to see it. It's going to like open their eyes to stuff like, you shouldn't be treated like this. Um, and especially after the whole Me Too movement and stuff like this, like it felt very reminiscent of scenes from Bombshell and stuff. Mm. Um, so I thought it was so impactful and the way they did it. I definitely think they cut bits of that storyline out to focus on the family stuff because I thought the maybe the second third of this film slowed down a bit, yeah, um, to play up the family sort of side of it more. But obviously, because it is under the Disney umbrella, you do need to get it down to a twelve A age rating for the rest of the MCU fan base and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of stuff like that? Am I on sort of like the right lines of what you're thinking? Yeah, I guess so. I guess it, they're, they're the themes that it touches on. It's like every kind of Marvel film, it has like a it has like a a a lesson, not a lesson, but it touches upon an important subject. You know yeah. how um, you know, a la Black Panther, uh, a la uh, WandaVision, a la mm-hmm. uh, a la this. Um, they all talk about different different things, and I think this one um, made its point really clear. Um, yeah, it reminded me of The Last Jedi, how that's about uh, toxic masculinity and, and stuff like that and respecting women. Mm. That's what this did again. I think, like you said, they're getting better as it as the films come out. That's why it very much felt like Black Panther, and that was about um, black representation and black people's pace in the world and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I, so. That's why I loved this film so much, because it did such a good narrative and it did it really tastefully we love a bloody uh hot topic don't we oh, a hot button subject like like i said charlotte studied feminism and female studies in media and stuff like that and she came out of it so happy with the way that it was portrayed as well we were talking about it with lawrence mm. it was representation and it was shining a light on a subject it wasn't tokenism the worst thing that's happening in hollywood at the moment is like like tokenizing characters making like big points about race and gender and stuff like that but in the wrong sort of ways where it becomes tokenism not representation i think this just nailed everything Mm. yeah uh what did you think of that post-credit scene um i'm kind of glad that falcon and the winter soldier came out first because it made that a bit more understandable yeah i this was spoiled for me before i went to see the film i was hoping there was going to be something else um 
in that final credit scene, but there wasn't, so I I knew that what was coming. It's definitely setting up, I think, the Black, uh, the Hawkeye series, because I think last week when this came out, I think there was a confirmation that Florence Pugh will be in the Hawkeye series. I think she's going to be the villain of it now, which yeah. will be really interesting just, until they probably team up at the end. For someone that didn't have it spoiled, I hadn't, I just did not see that coming. Like, what a good twist. Yeah, so do we reckon that's another wink towards the Thunderbolts? Mm, most likely. What I reckon is that they should start putting really important stuff after the credits and put it before, because I bet there's a lot of people that get up and walk out of credits that <laughs> don't realise I think I think everyone for a Marvel movie now stays, because not a single person in our cinema left, did they? Yeah, everyone just stayed there, because the lights didn't come on as well, so... No, but I do think that stuff like that you could put in the final scene and it's okay now, it doesn't affect the whole film, and everyone's expecting it anyway, so just put it but it's also a good way of getting people to stay through the credits and the people who made the film who normally, like, normally you would just leave and their names would never be seen or heard or anything. So it does get people to sit through the credits, especially for Marvel films, because you're not getting CGI and stuff like that yeah, like true. by just the director and the lead actress, are you? Like, so, yeah, it's, it's 50-50, but I think it's it's definitely hinting at sort of the more grounded side of the MCU going forward. And maybe a next villain group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it I think it works having her come back in the Hawkeye series, because obviously Hawkeye and Black Widow have always been sort of like a duo together. They the the couple that have known each other the longest and they've got like a history and stuff. So having her the villain of the Hawkeye series, making him hunting down Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, and then maybe once she realizes that he wasn't um Madam Hydra or whatever her character is actually called, the one that recruited her at the end, she's twisting the facts. Like, he was there when she died, but he didn't kill her. Mm. So then he can team up with the new Black Widow going forward if that's what the poison um, Florence Pugh to be. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But also, I reckon that the big multiverse event is going to uh, have a bit of an impact on that story, potentially, oh, yes. in Hawkeye. So... Yes, we shall. Um, see. I reckon it'll probably play an impact in the last episode, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe it's taking place, um, probably straight after Endgame and just before the multiverse goes to shit. And then again, we're only thinking chronologically from like watching the films because really the multiverse kind of exploded after. Avengers, not after Endgame, but it happened in the TVA, which is outside of time, so who the fuck really ever knows now? <laughs> uh, yeah, they've, they've got a big master plan. But I, I'm starting to feel this next chapter of the MCU come together a lot more now. I think It's, it's made me so excited. Like I thought we were going to get fatigue. We had a year out, and I'm so ready for it. Yeah, Black, Black Widow did a good job of, like, kind of, you know tying the bow on some of the stories from the first the first inst- installment of the marvel the stories saga. the infinity saga yeah it did a nice it's done a nice little bow on it so yeah we'll see what we'll see what we get eh um i like chef's kiss to marvel this year chef's kiss yeah i think we we are definitely going more um cosmic and that is going to be wicked so yeah, it was a nice kind of like see off to a more grounded story. 
Yeah, I think we'll just get the occasional stories like this, you know, where like Miss Winter Marvel. Soldier was sort of the norm yeah. for the while, whereas now it's going more cosmic. So it 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 will be nice to get just like the more grounded thing, just to sort of like take your foot off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Uh, we'll wrap it up there then. Um, thank you. Yep. Uh, I was about to just literally end the episode and not do all the <laughs> outro stuff. But anyway, yeah, the important outro bits that we normally have. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Get Real Pod. And if you want to email in as well, uh, let us know what you thought of Black Widow. Uh, we will read out emails. We just need to get them from you. Um, yeah, email us at Get Real Pod. Uh, get Real Pod UK at gmail.com. Yes, I um, follow us on all the socials and stuff like that. But Sam, do you know how the audience can support the podcast? Uh... They can leave us. They can leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us, whether that be Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, any platform. We're on absolutely all of them. Google Play or whatever they use. We're on all of them. Or if you're a bit lazy. But in the really convenient, like, not so much lazy, you're just strategic with your time. Head over to Podchaser, and if you leave us a rate and review on there, it'll syndicate it to every platform. So you only need to leave one rate and review, and it helps us out everywhere. Oh, I-, I would absolutely love it if our listeners would go do that, Sam. The other way they can support us is heading over to the socials and sharing us around to one friend or two friend or just retweeting us posting us out on your socials when you hit see us post a new thing on instagram every monday when a new episode goes live or every wednesday when get real gaming put out an episode if you just share that to your timeline or something like that other people see us it gets the word out there that's the honestly the best thing that you can do mm-hmm. awesome right and on that bombshell we will catch you next time so you know how we like to do like the little post amble thing after a little seconds of silence. So anybody that isn't listening now, they don't care. I've been wondering this for a while, and we got it confirmed after <laughs> Sylvie kissed um, Loki. Is it incest or masturbation if you're either getting off with yourself? What is it? You got the same parents, but it's also yourself. But do you have the same parents? You have a different version of the same parents, <laughs> but. <laughs> Maybe you don't. It's just one of the, just one of the important questions that they left us at the end of it. Who cares what Kang's doing? <laughs> I did wonder. Anyway, this is yeah okay. Bye everyone. Faded out by now.